Welcome to Tech Driven Business brought to you by Innovative Solution Partners. In this first episode of a multi-part series, I welcome back Bill Newman of SAP. Listen in as Bill shares his thoughts on how workforce planning has evolved in the pandemic. There are so many moving pieces to the puzzle and Bill hits on what businesses of all sizes should be aware of. Hello, Bill. How are you? <laughs> Great, most sincere. Good to be back with you again. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for joining us. It's been a while, so it's really good to have you back on our show. Good to be back with you. Good topic to revisit now that it's been a little while. For sure. So I think today we will focus on um, on workforce planning and DEI. So that's what we want to talk about and get some um real examples from you and how things uh, have progressed over since our, our last conversation. So if you're ready, we can get into our questions. Let's dive in. Sounds good. So um, I know when you last joined me, we were in the midst of a pandemic, right? And looking back at 2022, uh, what changes have you seen um, and where do you see us going? Well, I think the biggest change is that we're all we're all back together again, right? We're all working. Um, we're working differently. So obviously, there's a lot of um, technology that has been provided to enable remote work. That's become mainstream. And in fact, in many cases, it's de facto. So whereas prior to the pandemic, we would say, tell me why we can't get together face to face. The, the kind of the thinking now is tell me why we can't do this virtually, right? Uh, everybody's kind of enjoyed, they, not only do they have the technology to work remotely, many people have enjoyed the fact that they haven't had to spend two, three, four hours a day commuting or traveling. Um, so if we need to, we will. If we don't, why should we? Um, it's even gotten to a point where a lot of uh, our customers have asked, um, their employees, tell me what days you would be willing to come into the office. And no big surprise, uh, very few people lift their hand on Monday and Friday because they would like to spend those days at least working from home, right, to have a little bit more of a work life or life work balance. Um, but but interestingly, everybody coming into the office on Wednesdays just creates the same traffic nightmare and parking anxiety that everybody had prior to the pandemic. So that's always an interesting facet. Um, I think the way that we'll, that we um, engage with people, both in terms of how we bring them into the company and what our expectations are of them once they're in the company, I think has certainly changed. Um, I think about some of the, prioritizations and I guess what's a good word for it some of the um, some of the glamour that kind of went along with you know working for say for example a high-tech company in Silicon Valley well guess what you can probably work for that same company and you know work in Asheville North Carolina up in the mountains eating fish tacos at night right so um, there's there's really lots of different opportunities to work. So the glamour around working for some of these uh, companies where you would come in, you'd get the ping pong table, you could bring your pet to work, you could get free lunches, free dinners, 
you know, almost create an environment where you'd never want to leave, particularly if you were, uh, you know, at the time, a young millennial without a family, that kind of that, that, that pretext has gone away. And that pretense doesn't make any sense anymore. Um, we'll get into a couple of other things around workforce hiring and, and some of the things that are emerging around, uh, you know, diversity and equality and inclusion or DEI, um, which I think is very, very interesting um, as we do our look ahead. But those are some of the, the main and plain changes that we've seen since you and I were together, I think, over a year ago. Yeah, for sure. I think, Bill, and, and thanks for getting into um like the nitty gritty of what's going on, like and what we are seeing in this uh, uh, 2022 versus uh, during the pandemic. I think one of the things that was really stood out, especially for younger workforce, um, they find this as a new normal. And, and that has definitely put a lot of pressure on organizations to look at this as a going forward approach also, right? In terms of how they should be operating uh, not just now coming out of the pandemic, but in the long run, how should they be structured and what should be the, the criteria for the, for the employees to be attracted to, a, to an organization uh, or to associate with them, right, in that, in that fashion? I think it's safe to say that geography has very little correlation to where we work and what we do anymore. And that is a huge game changer. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So that, that kind of takes me to, Looking ahead, right? Um, so let's fast forward to 2023. Uh, what do you think organizations should be looking at, you know, and employees at the same time, right? Um, what should be their focus, you know, uh, as far as moving ahead in 2023? Well, I think on the topic of workforce planning, you know, for sure you have, and I'll, I'll look at this through a manufacturing lens. So, you know, you and I are both manufacturing experts, so let's kind of stay in our base camp for the moment. Sure. Um, there's going to be a significant amount of hiring that's still going to continue. Uh, just because we decide to keep, in, you know, uh, interest rates high, that's not going to take away the need from having people with both skilled trades as well as higher education, engineering ex- exceptionally um, to come in and, and really contribute. Um, so those those talents uh, will will remain um, and and will become very competitive across different kinds of manufacturing as well as non-manufacturing segments. So again, remember we took geography out of the equation. So uh, you and I are today recording. We're both in Michigan. Um, you know, tomorrow we could be looking at bringing somebody on board to our projects. That could be in California, Arizona, Massachusetts, Florida, and Georgia. Doesn't matter. We're all going to be enabled to come together. So I, I think that this idea of, of, again, where you work and where you live is now disassociated. Um, and what that does is it creates a lot of competitiveness across industries and across industry sectors. So how we interview you know, um, I'm, I'm a big brand. I'm, I'm, you, you want to come and work for me. Maybe not, maybe I'm not really interested in going through eight to 10 interview cycles with you anymore. Maybe I can find a good job, a good next step in my career without having to make that kind of commitment that you expected 
to come work for a brand name company before the pandemic. Um, So being able to get to figure out for employers, being able to figure out what's the talent we need, what does that skill mix look like, what's my preferred ratio of, of being in office or being remote, does the position require being face to face? And if so, how much, how much virtualization can be needed, uh, is needed to be successful. All of that, you got to figure out ahead of time and then really compress the onboarding and hiring process. So that's for sure going to be a real challenge, particularly in this talent shortage in manufacturing, again, staying kind of our base camp. I think the other thing to look at, and we'll, we'll lead into this topic around DEI, um, it's really in the mainstream now. So I'm going to refer to the, the recently published uh, Original Equipment Supplier Association, OESA study uh, that was completed um, with Acadia uh, just in, the, in, in December of 2022. Um, it, re- it really spoke strongly, and without going too deep into the report, just kind of give a couple of points that over 60% of companies now in the automotive supplier space, so again, kind of staying niched into one of our uh, home bases here, have active DEI programs. And of those, 60 plus percent are showing improvements or acceleration in those programs. And I'm really not just talking about making sure that you have a diverse workforce from a cultural or race or a gender perspective. It's actually also extending to socioeconomic background, um, kind of in terms of uh, culturally uh, where your um, country of origin might be from. Um, and also making sure that those DEI elements not only apply to um, new talent acquisition, but also to high potential programs, um, to uh, work shift opportunities. So if you, you did want to take a, a different uh, shift in your uh, skilled trade, you know, maybe maybe having that balance and across first, second, and maybe even third shifts is important, as well as in the boardroom. So you're not just going to see it at the front end and the back end of the career management process. You're going to see it all across um, the different elements of of an employee journey throughout the organization. And again, while manufacturing is going to be significantly short on effective and productive talent, uh, you're going to see a real lean into that to keep those people happy, to keep them motivated and to keep them uh, performing at uh, very high levels with very high intrinsic value. Oh, for sure. I think uh, you mentioned um, about DEI and what role it's being playing and how quickly it is getting integrated into this, uh, the new normal, right? Um, that's amazing. And, and um, with that being said, you know, let's take a little uh, detour over here on a personal note. Um, I know you always have a pulse on what is going on in the industry. How are you able to do that? (laughs) Well, I think it comes from a lot of years and knowing a lot of people and having done a lot of different things. Um, I, I really do enjoy, um, I really do enjoy learning. I'm, I'm a naturally curious individual. Um, I also enjoy meeting new people and hearing their perspective. Um, particularly some of the lessons learned in the personal experiences coming out of the pandemic. Uh, I think we have a lot to offer each other. Um, and I think that just being able to be part of that conversation and, and, and maybe not 
contribute into the conversation as much as well as can, you know, listening in and, and taking ideas away from the conversation, but certainly trying to f- frame a balance of that. And I think also too, uh, it's very interesting as the parent of millennials, now that the millennials are essentially running the workplace now, uh, they're the largest uh, generation in the work- workforce now by numbers. Uh, it's very interesting for me to see how the nature of business is changing. Now that essentially, you know, my kids' generation are running are running business here, at least in North America. So I find that uh, particularly uh, interesting, and in some cases, highly entertaining. <laughs> oh, I can I can totally relate to that. You know, it's just uh, yeah, different dynamics, right? That's for sure. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, things are things are very very different, and uh, the different expectations that come with shaping those different generational life journeys is uh, is pretty interesting to watch. Yeah. And I think that in, in a good way, it's just, you know, it's happening and it's happening fairly at a very, I would say at a very fast pace, um, the way it's, it's, it's happening. Um, but now looking back, like, you know, let's, let's look at it from an organization's point of view, right? What's your take on how SAP is helping retool the workforce to make it easier for people to jump into IT? What's what what have you observed? Well, there's some things certainly that we can offer our customers that can make it uh, a lot easier for them to manage their employee journey. So I I think we've we've listeners are probably familiar with the fact that SAP has a special relationship with Qualtrics. Qualtrics does a lot of work around um, employee um, relationship um, and being able to kind of do those pulse surveys. And we we did use those pulse surveys very significantly across a lot of industries during the pandemic. And they were incredibly useful just to kind of, you know, keep a sense, particularly when we weren't together at all, to be able to keep a sense on, on where everybody was, the so-called pulse check. Uh, I think also, too, that from um, uh, a human uh, experience management or a human um, HR uh, HR relationship uh, type of perspective, we've got we've always had tools to help with the onboarding and also the career management of of employees. I just think that those are going to gain a higher level of importance, particularly as as skilled trade and and experienced talent particularly is harder to find and is harder to keep and as the demand grows uh, I think from from a knowledge and community sharing SAP's been very forward with um, online um, uh, uh, learning uh, learning platforms such as open SAP so lots of education a lot of content a lot of knowledge available to go in and learn. Um, basically available, um, you know, for at free of charge in many cases. So just one's own time. And I think, you know, based on some of the experiences, Mustansir, that you and I have had within the user groups, there's a very vibrant community within the user uh, base um, that allows for not only personal networking, but also for um, experiential learning as well as, um um, story sharing and and other really great learning vehicles like that. So we're trying to do our best, particularly inside of key industries and localized geographies where people may not be working, but where they are resident, 
And I think that that will continue um, and become even more important in the coming years. Yeah, I think you mentioned about SAP's role. I think I would like to even throw in, you mentioned about uh, user groups and um, uh, ASUG, America's SAP user group, you know, uh, I will call them out on this. And, and, you know, they have done a great job in kind of mixing in with the, the new normal, how things are happening in, in, in 2022 after the pandemic and having that virtual slash uh, in-person events, trying to meet up with the demands of after the pandemic, how things are moving forward and what are people looking at as far as, you know, learning and, and um, meeting up with each other as well as uh, collaboration. So I think we have a, a mix bag of all the platforms that are currently available to the business community are coming along and moving into the, the direction that makes it much easier for organizations to manage how they 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 are managing their workforce. And, and especially uh, this trend, will, we'll, we'll see how 2023 uh, brings to the forefront in terms of, you know, what we have seen in 2022 and what is going to be a long-term uh, effect on how workforce planning goes in general right now from an organizational point of view. So that being said, I know this was one thing that I always ask my uh, my guests, uh, what is that one thing, one takeaway that you want to share with our listeners um, and they should leave with that uh, in this uh, session? Well, kind of going back to, you know, trying to have a state of natural curiosity. I think listeners can always keep in mind or maybe take with them the fact that we can always learn something from one another. And, um, you know, you may have a highly pedigreed career over decades, but bringing a set of fresh eyes with a different perspective is, is, can be really um, kind of that spark moment that you need to, either solve a critical business problem or, or really just, you know, find something intrinsic in your own personal growth journey. Doesn't matter what your age are is, you know, we, or who you are, um, we all have that need. And I think being able to contribute and um, help shape each other and being open, I think that's really also another key, being open um, to those messages when they come in. Um, we'll all make us, you know, much better people and make our businesses operate much more productively and efficiently. For sure. Uh, great advice. Thank you so much. Uh, this has been a, a great session with you, uh, Bill, as always. Uh, thank you. And I uh, look forward to talking with you in our next uh, podcast. Sounds great. Look forward to it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to Tech Driven Business brought to you by Innovative Solution Partners. Bill provided valuable insights on how workforce planning has changed over the last couple of years. His main takeaway, we can always learn from one another. Bringing a fresh set of ideas with a different perspective can be the spark moment you need to solve a business problem or for your own personal growth. We would love to hear from you 
Continue the conversation by connecting with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Learn more about Innovative Solution Partners and schedule a free consultation by visiting isolutionpartners.com. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Information is in the show notes.